This episode of The Clear Out was recorded on the 8th of February 2023 at home in Wicklow. And in it, bouncing off a football pundit talking about their love of a particular football player. He happens to be a football player from the team I support, Harry Kane. I got into this idea of touchstones and reference points. Um, And I didn't use this word, but I I like the idea of pathfinders. So the things that help us find our way. Um, And so I talk quite a bit about that in this episode. Um, Significant people are things that we use to help us build our worlds or negotiate our worlds so that is the main focus of this week's episode i also give a little bit of time to um a ted talk that my wife put me on to uh where a journalist was making a case for a type of socialism that would result in universal basic services as opposed to universal basic income and I conclude today's episode with a brief look at some controversy that Roger Waters has just found himself in and the the merits of that are otherwise okay so that's it I hope you enjoy what you hear I will see you around the corner cheers Hi, my name is Dara Clear and you're listening to The Clear Out. You're very welcome, I hope. Moment finds you well. I'm not sure how long I'm going to last during this episode because I'm wearing a very noisy jacket. All that it will mean is that I might remove the jacket. Now don't get too excited. I'm wearing other clothes underneath the jacket. But uh, it's a... It's a second look, look at that. It's not making noise now, just when the, the recording started. Anyway, we'll see. That might be a distraction at some point. So, here we are. Another week has passed. How have you been? How has, how has the week gone? How has your morning been? It depends when you're listening to this. How has your day been? Did you sleep well? If this is an early morning listen for you, how was work? If you're driving home or on your commute um how was dinner you know who, who would listen to this who does it who who would listen to this at bedtime why would you choose to do that i know why because i have a voice that puts people to sleep <laughs> my content my content what a hideous word my material <laughs> the stuff what i produce here the things that I do say, though they don't transcend the the qualities of my voice. Um, the mother of one of the the, the kids who do karate with me, um, she was looking, she was stressed um, about something, and I think I directed her to an episode of the podcast where I was speaking about something that felt relevant to what she'd been describing, and she got back to me and said, "Oh, that was really good." I fell asleep after about 10 minutes much better anyway so what can you do listen you, you take you take whatever win you can so that was of use wasn't it that was of use um I like that did, did anyone did anyone ever say that to you what use are you it's a terrible insult really isn't it what use are you you're no use you're no use to me and of course, to go further, you're useless. You're without a use. I mean, it's it's a very objectifying idea, isn't it? I mean, it's like, how can I utilise you? And you have no use. Um, anyway, hopefully. Hopefully we are all of some use to someone. I mean, you know, you don't have to be. I mean that's a you know you know you don't have to be of service or of use to others. I think um, 
to be of use to yourself is is not a bad place to start in the context of what I generally talk about on the podcast and what I generally talk about if you're a new listener is life and the things that life throws at us and how we cope with those things and I'm very into the idea of understanding our interior spaces very well uh, and I'm not talking about inside your house or your apartment your gaff I'm not talking about the soft furnishings I'm talking about inside our heads inside our inside however you conceive of your emotional life however you conceive of your 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 soul i suppose or whatever word or concept feels analogous to a soul because maybe that the use of that word soul is too is too spiritual maybe it has too many religious connotations and that, that and that doesn't sit well with you um but i am i suppose uh an essentialist I believe in this idea of the essence um, in each and every one of us and that is something that no one else can access Um, and whether or not it is scientifically verifiably empirically present I don't really care (laughs) I don't really care because I think in, I think a huge amount of us, a huge amount of us just go through our lives with a conviction of of self. And it doesn't mean we're egomaniacs, okay? It doesn't mean we're narcissists. It doesn't mean we're constantly putting ourselves at the center of the frame. It's just a way of understanding ourselves. Um, and I think... I believe that that makes sense to huge numbers of people. Um, now, I'm not saying for everyone and some people, the uh, the quantum physicists always come to mind um, and maybe hardcore Zen Buddhists, meditators who get further and further away from the self and really embrace this observing uh, consciousness um, that's a whole other thing and yet and yet I find myself going yeah but you're there aren't you (laughs) you're there as much as you might be immersed in the great oneness of existence you're there I can see you and then someone say yeah but that's just your eyes making sense of this kind of coagulation or this conglomeration of atoms and blah 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 and then I just got here listen (laughs) that's all well and good that's all well and good but you can't abstract yourself and and, and I was going to say you can't abstract yourself out of the day-to-day living and if someone decides to smack me in the face as much as I can say, yeah, but my head isn't really here. It's just all these atoms, you know, clinging together. I tell you what, I'm still going to feel that punch. Um, and I kind of choose to engage with that, uh, that meeting place um, where that reality meets someone else's reality. Um, I don't know if that makes me a pragmatist as well as an essentialist. I don't know if they're contradictory ideas. Uh, I don't think they are I don't think they are I think my the way I think about it generally broadly speaking is um, we're all little solo travellers cruising through the universe bumping into things constantly um, watching out and trying to dodge the the asteroids or the meteors or the space trash the satellite garbage and other travelers although sometimes we're attracted to other travelers and that's 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 a different um a different type of chemistry and a different type of combustion when they met it was murder do you remember that that was heart to heart wasn't it 
<laughs> anyway, anyway, here we are. So today, oh, I swear to God, it's it's such a struggle. <laughs> it's such a struggle. I feel so tired. I, I've just got I've got a lot on my plate at the moment, and that's not a whinge. It's not a whine. It's nice to be busy. Um, these are all things I've chosen to do. Um, but yeah, the I haven't quite worked out where to interject the podcast in my schedule. And so just like last week, I'm under ridiculous pressure to record this right now. And before I pressed record today, I was just so tempted to go, I just won't do it this week. I'm just going to let it slide and I'm just going to come back in two weeks with the next episode. And it was, I could feel my energy switching off in, you know, in a good way. I mean, not in a good way, but like in a, yes, we accept, <laughs> we accept this offer. The, the molecules of energy in my body, in my mind, in my emotional state, we accept this offer to do nothing. And I could just feel the fatigue about to overwhelm me so um yeah so yeah i um i just about pulled out of that i think you know what that was like i'll tell you exactly what it was like it was like a plane that you know when you see those scenes in movies particularly with like fighter pilots like in war movies and they're about to crash down 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 into the the sea or down 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 somewhere else um and they pull out at the last moment and they're airborne again intact safe and sound and on they go it felt a bit like that i felt like i was about to head into a plummet um not emotionally i'm just rushing in to say that um just giving in to oh my goodness where's this going to come from and I just thought, no, let me, why don't I just stay calm? Why don't I just stay calm and breathe and just relax and just gather my energy and trust that I'll be okay? And lo and behold, here I am producing another insanely insightful episode. <laughs> It's it's ridiculous, but the the difference in my energy and the difference in my mood and where my head is at now compared to where it was um, just over eleven minutes ago is radical. It's radical. So it, it's it's it, to me this is to me this is very illustrative. If you can just switch on and. And not get overwhelmed by the fight, the tension. Because that's how I was feeling. Is that that tension of the will I, won't I, should I, shouldn't I, do I have what's needed? And it's actually the tension and the indecision that is far more exhausting than actually doing the thing. Um, And again, that just makes me think about if we can be a bit more accepting and not just accepting because that that's probably a, a word that's overused um a phrase like radical acceptance is very popular in certain circles and in certain kind of wellness talk positive psychology um elsewhere i mean it's it's a very strong concept but it does involve a certain surrendering of control um it does involve letting go of a a determination to to solve perhaps or to to fix or to arrange or orchestrate um and it also i don't know if radical acceptance is 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 somewhat akin to fatalism where you really are letting it be gone from your hands and going i'm not going to try and restructure this i'm not going to try and you know pull it into the shape that i want 
and I'm going to stop investing all this emotion um, or all this mental energy in trying to work out what this is and work out a course of action. I'm just going to accept it for what it is. Um, so, I mean, I guess that's that's in some way what we're talking about when we talk about radical acceptance. Um, and I was I was resisting that idea. I didn't want to say acceptance. What did I want to say, though? Um, hmm. No, there was another another sort of interpretation or another not not a spin um, another angle uh, from which to approach what I was talking about but um, it's gone it's gone so I'm sorry it may may come back it may come back Um, anyway I think I'm not sure where I'm going to go today there's a few different things rolling around um in that drawer in the back of my head it's the podcast drawer where I deposit little ideas and think hmm I could talk about that for a while but yeah there's a couple of different things that I'd like to talk about so why don't I start with this and this will be nice for all the Spurs fans out there all the Tottenham Hotspur football club fans all the fans of that North London soccer team that great institution, one of the flakiest teams in the re- in recent years of football. When I say recent years, I'm talking <laughs> many, 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 many years, decades. But they are my team. They are my team. Fionn, if you're listening, I blame you. And we had a lovely little victory at the weekend. We beat Manchester City, one of the most successful teams of recent years. And we played really well our best performance of the season and that was lovely and our probably our standout player of the last 10 years uh one harry kane he's one of our own harry kane uh scored his 267th goal for tottenham thereby breaking a 50 year old record for the player who'd scored most goals for the club which was the who was the late Jimmy Greaves, and yeah, Kane broke his record at the weekend, and that was nice because Harry Kane generally seems like a very good guy, good bloke, and that's fine, all good, all good, and I'm not going to bore you too much then with you know what soccer means to me and all the rest, and what my what Spurs means to me. I'm just I'm very typical, just a guy who likes his football club, watches his team and enjoys it and gets stressed out and lives and dies a little bit by it nothing more to see here except a few days later I was listening to yes folks there is a Spurs podcast and it's called if you're interested View from the Lane View from the Lane because the Spurs stadium is located in White Hart Lane in North London and there's a lovely little podcast um, presented by Danny Kelly and some other and he always has some regular journalists it's a it's an athletic production as in there's an online sports site called The Athletic and The Athletic came to being a few years ago and it seems The Athletic fundamentally just headhunted really good sports journalists from various print media and online media locations and have created this kind of elite sports um, platform uh, for you know sports writing and commentary etc anyway view from the lane is one of their products and i've been listening for a little while you know a few months now um and it's great it's great and it's it's yeah it is of course it's for it's strictly for the fans i mean that's the nature of it um very likable presenter and very very good pundits on it as well and they were talking and and trying to pay tribute to talking about and paying tribute to Harry Kane at the weekend um, and his achievement his milestone Um, and one of the journalists who sounded quite young I think I'm not sure if he, he may have just become a father but he was referring to he was referring to having had some difficult times uh, personally recently 
um, and like over the last year, um, and he was just saying how much he valued Harry Kane's constancy and his kind of yeah, like his 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 consistency, um, and just kind of knowing it's you know just being comforted by knowing that like more or less week in week out you could depend on Harry Kane scoring goals at the weekend in the football. Um, now that may say that may that may sound kind of mundane to you. I actually thought it was quite moving because um, there was just a little, just a little. He, the, the guy opened the door a crack into his own sort of personal life. Uh, there, was, there was just a just a smidgen of very genuine vulnerability there for a second, and just linking it to this connection of you know. This guy scoring goals in this team that I love is just a great thing, and it's just a great comfort to me. It's a, it's a. Now I'm, I'm now using my language, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a solace. Um, funnily enough, solace. That word in Irish we have solace, which again, if you're an Irish speaker, you know, solace means light. Uh, loss on solace. That be right. Turn on. <laughs> Have I got that wrong? Lost on solace. Is that light? <laughs> light the light? Turn on the light? Because, oh, anyway. Solace is light. And solace in English. Maybe, the, maybe well, sol, I suppose. There must be a root in, in the sun. Um, something warming. Some, something comforting. But, um, I yeah, it, it just really struck me. Um, it really struck me. The guy saying that. The journalist saying that. And it did, it, 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 it got me thinking about the idea of, I suppose, the idea of touchstones. Now, I'm sure I've spoken about touchstones or I occasionally refer to touchstones. Um, and I often refer to touchstones in the context of um, a wellness regime um, or the things that we can come back to. Uh, and I just liked that idea after hearing, hearing this guy talk about Harry Kane and what he means to him um, and I thought well okay yeah this idea of touchstones or or I suppose you could also think of the idea of pillars you know pillars in your life and of course we're speaking metaphorically but I think there are things and people in our lives that we may I don't I, I don't want to put it as, as literally as saying that we depend on them, but they are sources of of strength, sources of comfort, sources of Sources of, I think, what we see as a type of certitude, something reliable and, yes, dependable. And I think it's very likely that most of us, many of us, um, we kind of build our worlds around these things or if we don't build our worlds around them, we have these things as kind of ever-presence. Things that we go, yeah, well, that'll be there. And they are reference points. And in that regard, they are, they are things that we use to guide us. Um, and I think they are just to keep going with the the the, 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 the metaphors are the, the, the symbolic nature of these things. Um, touchstones, pillars, they're also sounding boards, they're also mirrors, because I think we use these things to we can, we can, we can use these things to sort of bounce off and we can use these things to, to check in with ourselves um, because 
we're very clear about what they represent to us. We're very clear about how they make us feel. Um, and we're very clear about the the sort of expected response in ourselves to these things. And so when we kind of revisit them or we go back to them or we kind of just check in with ourselves and go, oh yeah, good, that's that's still there and I still feel the same way. I think that has a, a calming effect. I think it reassures us um, that we're still in a place that we trust fundamentally. And I suppose if I, if I take that idea, I'm in a place that I trust, then that brings itself back to the idea of, of world building and certainly of world, world negotiation. Um, so yeah, I just found myself thinking about this idea then of, of touchstones, uh, reference points, mirrors, sounding boards, pillars, um, and found myself just questioning myself, just doing a little kind of check and and asking myself, well, you know, what are the things that would represent those ideas, those concepts in my life? Um, and yeah, like it's funny because I'm not sure. And this is also connected to identity, isn't it? Yeah, you can hear me thinking as I thinking on my feet, thinking in my seat. In fact, they're connected to identity as well. Because I was, I'll start with where I started with the Harry Kane idea and Spurs, the football club, and I go, well, okay, well, Tottenham Hotspur, this football club in London, and bear in mind, I'm not in London. I'm a, I'm in Wicklow, in Ireland. Um, but as I have spoken about before, it's absolutely par for the course if you're a, a fan of football of soccer the round ball game as they say in Australia um, in Ireland you will almost always throw your lot in with an English football team um, and historically any Irish players of note would always end up playing in English teams or possibly in Scottish teams maybe even Welsh teams and um, so in Ireland, you might have a local team here that you follow. And I mean, objectively speaking, the highest level of league football in Ireland is still a couple of notches below the top level of football, club football played in, in England um, and in, other, in some other countries as well. So you may have your own team locally that you support or an Irish team that you support, but you'll almost certainly have an English team that you support as well. So nothing unusual there at all. Um, but yeah, I threw my lot in early on with Spurs, uh, thanks to the aforementioned Fionn, my cousin. Um, and I'm not sure how he got onto them. That's that's a question uh, I need to ask him. But Spurs at that time, when we started following them, sort of late 70s, early 80s, um, had some really, really flash players. Um you know, the likes of Glenn Hoddle and Ozzy Ardiles, Ricky Villa, um, and more. Um, and th- at that time, it wasn't that much, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it hadn't been that long since Spurs had actually been a really, really, really top club and had won the league and the cup um, and had been, yeah, the best team, the best team in the land. <laughs> the best team on these islands. Um but that was before we were born. But that was only, you know, that was only 15 years before we were born. Less. In any case, I, I digress. That team, my support of that team, that team being in my life for the last 40, over 40 years, that is part of... <laughs> that is, I mean, I don't know if I'd call them a touchstone because that's... um you know that's 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 a touchstone that would fall apart in your hand <laughs> because they're notoriously flaky. Um, but yeah, I do love my club. I love that team, um, and I I do. It, it, it is it's a huge a huge part of of um, of what 
a huge part of where I live. It's not a huge part, but it's a significant part of where I spend <laughs> a lot of my emotional time and um, intellectual time, my psychological time with that team, with their travails. Um, and yeah, it, like it's just a funny thing. But I mean, it's not like... It's not like I'm banging on about that to anybody, to loads of people. Like, you know, there's a few people who are Spurs fans or football fans, and, and that's you know, you, you you save that those conversations and that passion for them. But um, yeah, the idea that they they'd be a, a touchstone is it's not great. Um, the idea that they're a mirror might be a little bit worse because they're a team that are notoriously unreliable um serial serial chokers um but like my my sort of stubbornness and willfulness dictates that i will support that team no matter what you stick with your team that's the rule you don't you don't uh you don't walk away when the chips are down um because i would have been long gone <laughs> anyway anyway that's uh that's them and I was just I was just trying to think like what are the other what are the other sort of pillars what are the other things I depend on um and yeah it's it's I don't know it's a funny thing I mean movies that's a thing and certain movies um are things that you come back to um certain music perhaps um certain people of course um and yet that definitely I think that one is one of the most difficult I think that's one of the most difficult to to have a person or or even a couple or even certain family members or parents um, to have people as your touchstones is That one, I find that one kind of fraught with with what with uncertainty with with the challenge of trying to keep someone in a particular place because very I don't know I mean you have a think about it how many people do you know that you can think yeah they are unchanging they are ever reliable in whatever form that they are but in whatever form that they exist behave present live continue um how many people tick that box and checking in with yourself how do you feel about them do do your feelings remain constant I, I think that's a small number. I think that's a very small number of people, don't you? Um, I have, I don't know, I have very few people that I can think of, like right off the top of my head. Um, because we all we all change, don't we? Don't we? You know, this is and this is this is the this is the sort of the 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 the, the ironic thing here because you heard me earlier in the episode say I'm an essentialist. And for me, the that viewpoint would argue that we're there's something essential that is unchanging in us from from childhood to to death. Some yeah, something that cannot cannot be altered. It's something elemental. Now a lot of stuff can happen and obscure the clarity of that. You know, life's events, all sorts of things, um, you know, for better or worse, can, as I say, obscure that, um, make it more difficult to see. But there's, it's, I, I believe it's, it's in all of us. Um, but as we travel through life, the, it's almost like a response it's almost like our responses to ourselves change and that 
that's that's quite a that's that's quite a powerful idea i think like that's the evolving relationship with self and how we perceive ourselves and those shifts i think bring huge change and it's not necessarily change that anybody else is aware of but it can be profound for 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 us for you for me for the individual when you're on the the inside and you realize how you're viewing things has changed radically but from the outside looking in from the out you know what 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 people see in you doesn't necessarily change and then there's an assumption an assumption of 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 constancy if you want to use that word um an assumption of unchangingness um that's not a very pretty word is it um but elementally essentially i think we are the same underneath everything but it's how we travel with that essence and how we mind it and how we adapt and how we relate to it um i think that really dictates so much um in terms of how we then meet the world or how we meet the changing times or how we meet um relationships and the other you know the people in our lives and you and and using that word relationships that also makes me think about this again stating the obvious perhaps but we are so relational we humans (laughs) who mans we're so relational we relate to things and again you put this that idea of relationality i suppose um into this context of touchstones pillars mirrors reference points then what we see is our life our lives can be viewed like like networks and they're kind of like they can be like psychic networks they can be emotional networks and and of course they could be physical networks um i mean that's a thought experiment to go what's my what's my physical network who have i traveled to most who have i spent most time with what paths have i walked what waters have i crossed what what i mean and you know you take it outwards 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 what continents have i crossed what countries have i been to and what's what does that network look like physically over over a lifetime um where have i gone again and again and again and again because i mean that that tells its own story and that may that may belie your concept of self um because maybe your your concept of self was very removed from the practicalities of your life um and so what does that tell us that sometimes you know you know behavior as much as we we as much as we take information and understanding from behavior and the behavior of others um it still doesn't it still doesn't let us in so when we're on the outside looking in i mean all we can do really is project or deduce we just don't have any way of accessing the interiority of others um and and why should we i suppose uh but i think i continue to believe that there's great rewards in exploring or investigating or striving to understand one's own interiority and then being able to articulate that and like this comes back to 
I mean, this comes back to the the, the the name of this podcast, which came from, you know, the blog I wrote for several years, The Clear Out, because that came from the idea of getting stuff out of my head, getting getting this cluttered interiority out somewhere uh, I could see it to to separate and make sense of the constituent parts um, because I find that process very therapeutic um, I find that process very uh, calming to use a word I used uh, earlier um, and the clarifying of of thought or the clarifying of emotion allows me to allows me to move on and it allows me to to let go of the thing whatever it was that was disturbing or perturbing um is there another herbing we can use curbing um that makes no sense so yeah that's a thing anyway look i don't know you can um I'll, i might park this this part of the podcast here um can you hear, can you hear that bloody jacket <laughs> okay well it's because yeah I'll, I'll put my arms here and then it'll be less squeaky creaky uh yeah it's a leather jacket did i mention it was a leather jacket it was a jacket my mother gifted me 20 ooh, about 20 years ago about 20 years ago a little it's it's like a little bit like it's a little bit like um a fighter pilot's jacket a bit of an old school you know short leather jacket um with something that you know that could be rabbit fur or something on the inside quite a quite a cozy jacket it needs a little bit of repair the pockets are falling out of it um and I, I don't often wear it, but I had it on today for my big trip to Dublin. I think I'll wear my leather jacket today, lads. Um, I was glad I had it. It was quite, quite cold out there, folks. Uh, but look, I'll leave you with that idea in the, in, for this part of the podcast. You know, the idea of touchstones. Um, like, who do you come back to? Who do you find yourself drawn to? consistently because that is giving you information about yourself what is it about that person that you like um like for example i could say for myself somebody like somebody like Sinead o'connor um i've always been drawn to her i've always been drawn to her truth seeking and her truth speaking i haven't always loved everything she's done musically in fact i've been I've had virtually no interest in anything she's done musically for years. Um, but I really liked her at the start of her career and I've always found her a sort of a, a fascinating and kind of inspiring figure, even though she's had a pretty turbulent time and has had to endure some terrible personal tragedy, uh, particularly in recent times. But I don't know. For me, she's a bit of a touchstone, for example. And I go... You know, if she has something to say, I'm quite happy to listen. Um, yeah. Anyway, I mean, there, you know, I, and, I, and I can take this away from people and kind of go things like, yes, like water. And I don't mean water from the tap, but I mean like the sea is a bit of a place, a touchstone. The mountains are a bit of a place. Um, <laughs> I was going to say coffee. <laughs> Oh, good luck. Good luck. Anyway, I don't know. Something something to something to consider there. Something to consider. These things that can offer you comfort that are dependable and that are are very kind of personal and individual as well. Um it's not necessarily about having a, a shared experience or you know, banging on about it to anybody else. Anyway. So two things oh, maybe only one thing I don't know God there was a very very uh, what sad disturbing confronting uh, story in the news the other day about parents 
who have been convicted of murder for allowing their disabled daughter die from obesity um i i really don't want to revisit the details of what i read because it was just so grim and horrible um and shameful and sad um but it was a very sort of clickbaity eye-catching uh headline because it just it, it was hard not to feel okay this is something to watch out for parents are going to be convicted of 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 you know murder by neglect um yeah i don't know i don't know it's i'm not sure what i think about that i mean it was a very particular case um i would not say it's wildly common um although obviously obesity feels like it's quite common um i don't know i don't know like parenting I don't know. I, I was. You know, I just feel like I have nothing other than a kind of you know naff platitude to add. Um, I've no profound. Why should I? By the way, but I've, I've I've nothing to add here. It's just like holy shit. Take care of your children. Love them. Um, and look after them properly. And I don't know. It's tricky though. It is tricky because you know. I think. There are economic factors, social factors that can work against people having the the means and the confidence to seek care and get care for 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 children uh, who need it for themselves as well. That's um that's a real thing. Um, my wife directed me to a TED talk uh, on a one of those TED talk ted talk podcasts and it was um, a journalist an english journalist making an argument for universal basic services it was a very very convincing argument um and this journalist was looking at sort of four social pillars which were healthcare, education transport and housing and he was arguing for all of those things to be to be fully the responsibility of the state of the government um and for all of those things to be free and fully accessible fully free at the point of consumption and he laid out a very, very, very convincing argument. Um, and of course, it would be brought about by taxation. Um, so, I mean, for me, like that's that, that 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 I feel like my thinking has been in that area for a long, long time. But he just had it all tidied up in a very nice package, aligned to um maximizing the the technology that's out there and ai and the general drift of where we're moving with technology and ai and incorporating it into more efficient services and how that would ultimately be money extremely well spent um so yeah you should go and seek that out if if you can it's uh it's only, it's only 20 minutes only 20 minutes um you're saying god i wish this podcast was only 20 minutes <laughs> but it was yeah really really excellent and yeah like fundamentally it was an argument for socialism over capitalism um and just this this the journalist was just arguing against you know capitalism uh capitalism and how the the market just leaves so many people behind and so many people who can't afford healthcare, can't afford education, can't afford housing. Um and yes, transport, geography can be a factor, an economic factor or, or a fact a factor of economic disadvantage as well. Um and I was like, yeah, this is all really good stuff. This is all really good stuff. But of course, 
it would take enormous, enormous political will and enormous political courage um, to try and implement something like that. And we don't appear to be living at a time of political courage. Um, And in fact, we're living in a time of, um, of censorship. We're living at a time where people don't really want to hear truth. Um, it feels that's, 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 I mean, I don't want to say it like I shouldn't say it as categorically as that, but, um, look, I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. And this is where I was going to go next. Anyway, another headline I saw yesterday was that Roger Waters, the, um, I I don't even know what he is. Is he the, the the leader of Pink Floyd? (laughs) The, uh, what is he? Is he the lead guitarist? Is he the main singer? Is he both? I'm not a Pink Floyd fan. I never have been. I just, you know, in fact, I'd, I'd struggle to name more than two or three songs. Um, another Brick in the Wall and Wish You Were Here. And that's it. I mean, Dark Side of the Moon is an album, isn't it? Yeah. It, it was just a band that kind of passed me by. And maybe, maybe at some point in my life, I'll go, I need to get into Pink Floyd. But um, maybe not. Anyway, Roger Waters, who's been, I think, oh, excuse me. He's been a very politically vocal, politically active guy, man, person for for, for years and years. Um, I think that's part of the the, the Pink Floyd vibe. Um, And he, there was a headline basically saying that accusing him of being an anti-Semite. And the accusation came from the wife of one of his bandmates. And this wife, whose name I cannot remember, was it Polly something? Have I got that wrong? Um, she was also a lyricist on a recent album or two of, of Pink's. <laughs> no, of Pink Floyd's, of Floyd's. Of Pink Floyd's, Pink's someone else. Um but she had a real go at Roger Waters in a in a tweet and just called him an anti-Semite. And there was some other slur in there as well. Um, and I did read that article and he was called an anti-Semite because he's still being very critical of the Israeli policy in Palestine. Um, and he was also getting in trouble because he said that Ukraine, um, that the whole war really started because the, the, the state, the, the establishment in Ukraine had been conducting, um, their own war, a sort of a, like a, a fascist war, a war of intolerance and extermination on any voices of dissent prior to long prior uh to and con- consistently uh before putin invaded uh, almost a year ago um that's and that's something that's that's verifiable like that that's out there as fact that that's not that's not some sort of you know heretical statement but it's an unpopular statement because it goes against the the soundbite it goes against ukraine good russia bad and it brings in a difficult an element of difficulty um it brings in a discordant note that people don't want to hear um and he's been he's been shouted down um by this 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 woman and I'm, I'm sorry i'm saying this woman because i can't remember her name and i'm not saying it in any sort of disparaging way um but i was just i mean like i was i found myself kind of coming away from that going okay so what you know we're, we're not allowed to give offense that's what it feels like and again, I'm not leaning into this whole, oh, it's political correctness gone mad and oh, woke, woke, woke and snowflakey this and snowflakey that. 
you know, I, I, that's I'm not interested in that nonsense. I don't, I don't think that's a valid line of argument. Uh, but I think you look at things and try to look at kind of things from a, a factual basis um, and try and take the the sort of hysteria and the hysterical reaction out of things and go, well, hold on a second. Is there merit? Is there factual merit, empirical merit in what this person is saying? And if there is, are you allowed to just shout him down and go, no, you're this or you're that? Um, because I don't think I'm an anti-Semite, but I would feel very critical of how Israeli is, how the Israeli successive Israeli governments have conducted themselves in Palestine. Um, and I don't think that makes me an anti-Semite because I'm not, I don't know. I mean, because I'm not directing it at Jewish people per se. Um, I mean, my, my, my judgment or my distaste would be directed at the Israeli establishment who, of course, are Jewish, but is, I mean, am I being incredibly unsubtle here? Am I being incredibly unsophisticated in my understanding of that situation? Um, yeah. Anyway, um, Roger Waters is basically being told to to shut up and give it a rest and being accused of anti-Semitism um, because he's highly critical of Israel. So... I mean, I have I have some Jewish friends. They're not Israeli, so I, I need to have this conversation with them. I, f- I feel like I've had variations of this, but f- I mean, uh, my I, I, this needs clarification. <laughs> I need clarification, or I need to be educated. See, this is the key: get educated. Go and get information from the people who have um, who have a stake and who are more informed, perhaps. You, you, you know, and you might not always like what you hear. But unless you can say, I actually know more about this and it's unlikely if you haven't lived the experience. I mean, this is, this is where we get into this tricky territory where, you know, sometimes you just do have to respect the other people's perspective, their lived experience. And you kind of have to honor that. Um, and if you choose to push back, I think you have to do so carefully um, if, you're, if you're hoping to kind of have a conversation um because otherwise you're you're just an idiot <laughs> you're just you know banging on sticking your aura in when uh when it, it's 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 when when you're uninformed um but yeah but there's also this thing of nowadays we don't want to hear the dissenting voice we don't want to hear um the opposite viewpoint and that I mean, I've touched on this before. Um, I touched on this a bit with the the episode I did about J.K. Rowling and her her um, her what her being this this figure of vilification for for trans the transgender what the transgender lobby the transgender community, um, yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. It's like to think people get there's emotion. There's a lot of emotion, and emotion can steer us away from from reason. I suppose. Um, I don't know. I mean, and, and again, that sounds again. That's that, that's that's an unhelpful reduction because, like, I, I trust my emotion. <laughs> I trust my emotional response to things, but I'm happy to to examine what that actually means i'm happy to examine where's this emotion actually coming from what's it actually connected to and does this have real substance um in terms of the the actual debate or the the point of contention um does the emotion align with the the rationality does it align with the the argument or is it just emotion existing on its own 
with and not really attached to anything um in which case i'm not sure if it has a place in the the, the conversation um and that's what i felt yesterday looking at that that tweet that was directed at roger waters it, like it was an emotional tweet it felt hot um and i just thought hold on a second here lads um you know can we actually look at what roger waters is saying and see if what he's saying is deserving of this this accusation anyway i think um i think he sent out a tweet in the third person <laughs> it's not an accident it's not an accident i mentioned that because you know i'm wary i'm wary of anyone who refers to themselves in the third person and on that note tara clear is going to bring this this podcast to a conclusion um yeah so there was a question there there's a question of how how much offense no that wasn't it how much offense can we tolerate i mean i don't want to i don't want to be offended but what's permissible what can be said Mm. no i don't know what this is it's annoying me now i'll have to come back to it but it's um we're in trouble if we can't express an opinion without being no platform i'm not a fan i'm not a fan of the no platform thing where someone is just refused the right to speak refused the right to have an audience um and it's you know we give a disproportionate amount of power to their words if we say they can't speak them um surely it's more effective to to prove your argument is what better more credible holds more water um and to to um discredit them in a credible way if you know what i mean to kind of go no your argument is weak and i believe it's connected to this but when you know platform someone you're actually giving them more power um and then we've got to look at well who the hell are you no platforming artists creative people um like that's like that just it just becomes censorship and totalitarian regimes silence people um ask yourself is is that is that healthy is that a good option um what are we so afraid of i don't know because i mean a couple of weeks ago i was talking about hate speech when i was referring to the emer o'neill story um and i don't value that but yeah i mean this is an area you know emotion fear anger resentment um and bad actors bad faith actors they try and exploit these things uh and maybe the media the media is 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 the media a bad faith actor be careful where you're getting your news i guess yeah okay sorry that's a very um that's a very wishy-washy ending but maybe that's just a reflection maybe i'm a mirror maybe my words are a mirror to uh my 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 headspace at the moment okay look i'm gonna leave it there um so yeah touchstones to to the media as bad faith actors so the media can't be a touchstone there you go that brings it around doesn't it the media is no longer a touchstone it cannot be trusted Uh, i'm not saying that from a like a conspiracy theorist um we just need to you know we need to go and find find information from the source okay i'm a source a source of annoyance a source of irritation a source of uh of good sleep for some and maybe this puts you into a sleepy state maybe it puts you down to a calmer place that's good but not if you're driving then it's bad okay you can find me all over social media send me some love shoot me a comment rate the podcast i'm gonna start saying that rate the podcast 
as long as it's a good high rating <laughs> wherever you're listening you can rate the podcast you can leave a comment this is a great podcast i recommend you listen to it please do that and as always if you want to throw some financial heft behind this independent production you can do so using the supporter link uh, which should be there where you're listening to this episode or more commonly you can use the patreon link that's patreon.com forward slash the clear out and you can become a regular contributor to what i do here um and if you can't do that don't worry about it just keep listening and but do but do do share do share share the love spread the love share the love and if you've no love i'm very sorry i'm sorry for you because we all need a bit of love don't we okay i will talk to you next week all the best take care thanks for listening mind yourselves see you bye <laughs>